Buenos dias, shitheads. Hey, everybody. Kyle Jackson here. Rodney Wood. Rodney Wood. We are uh, not a grande outdoors. Thanks for joining us. Um, we are on Facebook, on Insta, Facehole, Insta, no, I'm just kidding. Insta, Insta Instagram, Twittery thingies. Uh, Twitter. We have YouTube. Uh, we have not been terribly active on much of it in the past month, uh, which leads us into our, our topic today, which lessons is learned. lessons learned. Lesson uh, number one. <laughs> Don't get your wife pregnant nine months before your hunt. Lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> Eight months before the hunt, ten months before... Just Even eight. It. I mean, just avoid the whole... Have your babies in July. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. Just fishing. I can go fishing for a baby, but yeah. I'm not missing... I mean, you've got to hunt with us for... One day. One elk day. Yeah. And I, had, and I paid for that one. Yeah, you did. So. I paid for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Not as much as you paid. Not as much as I did. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's... So, today we're going to talk about about lessons learned. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the experiences that we've had. And we've talked to you guys, or, or uh, you know, we're talking, I guess, to each other. But talking yeah, to you guys, yeah. too. Uh about you know how when we go camping we're learning something every time and, and that's the same way with with hunting uh fishing trapping things like that right. hopefully you're hope you're learning something every time right on right. what not to do how to do it different you know if i had if i had done it this way you know maybe it had been it been differently so that's kind of the, our our topic today uh i know one that uh that's stands out because it's the most recent in your mind yep, yep. is how you know the the weapon choice of how you like to hunt yeah so um we've talked about it on previous podcasts tornado mode right and <laughs> tornado mode <laughs> we're full rodney right never go full rodney yeah i get excited <laughs> all right i get excited but that's why i love hunting i know but see i do that about everything you know my wife I, I laugh harder than most people um i get excited about going to the movies i get excited about going to a high school football game you know i get excited about coming up here and seeing you guys um i get excited mm-hmm. and i like it mm-hmm. i like to do things that make me excited bow hunting and muzzleloader hunting getting close to an animal on the ground is exciting. Now, well, I don't hunting, exactly hunting in general makes well, yeah, you excited. Yeah, the yeah. getting ready for it, yes, because you're you're the planner. You yeah, yeah. you know lay everything out. You're the so by the time that this year's hunts have ended, Rodney will have started planning for next next uh-huh. year's hunts, and I'm still just trying to catch up. But um, but that's what he does, and and and. You know, he gets me excited because he's so excited right. about it. Right. Um, but like what he was talking about was, <clears throat> you went yeah, rifle so, hunting for a so deer this we year. Went, yeah, we went rifle hunting, and and so, so that getting up close, man. And I haven't been able to, you know, always conquer it, 
that when we're up close, you know, I've, I've, I've taken my animals, don't get me wrong, but I still I get excited and I do things wrong. We'll talk about one of those here in a little bit, but I went rifle hunting this year, which is something we don't often do. Not often. I mean, it's kind of our last resort. Right. And um, there's nothing wrong with it. No. Uh, you know, I'm not knocking it, but, you know, here I had my deer, and I've, I've had conversations with both you and Deedon about, you know, talk to me and keep me calm, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like this. Rodney, what's up? Woosa. Woosa. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <Rub the> <laughs> yeah. And so Dino was doing it. We, we saw the deer this year. There's, you know, four bucks out there. And we saw him and we, we put a long stock on him. And when I first saw him, I got excited. Put a long stock on him and then we got laid down and I got set up and I got behind the scope and then it became a waiting game. And there was zero excitement. Um, I won't say zero. Maybe, you know, it was excitement level three. You know, I'm used to a 13. Um, 20. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, anyways, even when the deer stood up, and I got to take a shot, the 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 level of excitement at 460 yards is just not the same. It's not for me personally. I know Dion loves that. Dion loves to take five, six, seven, eight hundred yard shots. That's what makes him happy. Um, and we know why, because you can't kill him at 10, <laughs> but, but you know, um, for me, um, even though it broke the curse and I was super excited about that and shooting, you were excited to get a deer and I was when you super put your hands on him, that was exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same, same gamut of emotions once I got to the animal, but, but that's really interesting because, yeah. because of that contrast between you and Deedon and that uh -huh. he loves that stuff. And whereas, you know, I used to I used to rifle hunt a lot. Uh -huh. um, I I really like muzzleloader hunting, um, and I'm I'm kind of a traditional muzzleloader guy. The first time we went muzzleloader hunting, you had an optic on yours, and I you killed yours at seventy yards. I killed mine at fifteen yards. Yeah. But before that, you know, I I always went rifle hunting, and that's what I knew hunting to be because that's how my dad hunted. Uh -huh. But the first time I picked up a bow and got to go into the, you know, my first, this is a funny story um, you knew about, you know about it, but the first time, the Vivadol is a, a portion of the Carson National Forest up here, but in New Mexico, it's a once in a lifetime hunt for a bull elk as an adult. And so, um, on a whim, Dang. me, shut up, <laughs> on a whim, because uh, it's one of those things I thought, eh. I'll never draw it, right? So oh. I put in with me, my brother, my my two, uh, my twin brother, my younger brother, and then our friend Jake. Jake had never put in before, and I always joke: if you've never put in for the Vibe Doll, you're likely to draw it because there are so many people that I've met who have drawn that once in a lifetime tag who never put in for it. But anyways, we drew that tag, and we put in for a bow tag, and I had never even. I'd, I'd, I'd hunted bow. I'd hunted, you know, I'd hunted with a bow with my brother one time, uh, but I didn't own a bow when I put in for it. Uh, and so I had to borrow a bow. I had to practice. Uh, but that's really kind of whenever I did that, that, I mean, they were rutting really, really hard. And I mean, they were coming. It was just so much fun to be in close, like Rodney's talking about, in close, up close and personal, you know almost to where you can touch him. Jake killed a bull on the first evening of that hunt that it came straight down the, the ridge and just bugling in our faces. We were at in the wide open. We all three or all four were just in a line, knelt down, 
and Jake stuck that bull at 20 yards and he ran 20 yards behind us. And then we got to sit there and watch him, you know, expire. go ahead and expire, uh, which was just amazing, an amazing experience. And that kind of ruined me for rifle hunting because, uh, like you're talking about, I get excited about trying to get in close, using those skills that we have, developing those skills mm-hmm. that we have as a hunter to get in close enough to shoot them with a bow or, you know, with a traditional muzzleloader. Right. Uh, but and then uh, the, the, we, the, the, we did a little bit of that. We you did. Know, so when when you know, when me and Dean unspotted those deer, hell, we was a mile away. Mm-hmm. You know, but stock it's not like an antelope, you know, where it's going to see you from that distance. But but you know, it's not that hard to sneak into four hundred sixty yards of a deer. No. You know, um, now well, it's granted, not t- it's not that easy to shoot a deer at four hundred sixty yards either. Exactly. You know, that takes some skill in itself. I'm not saying it's not skillful. I just the excitement level for me personally wasn't there. And that's what we've you know we've been talking about this almost every podcast is is that there's no there's no our way is the right way uh, you know if you enjoy rifle hunting and that's how you enjoy you know harvesting an animal great that's awesome you know perfect your skill that type of thing yeah. and so we're, we're just talking about uh, that just the difference it's interesting how how different people are oh i you know this is this is exciting for me versus you know yeah. this is exciting for yeah. me but that's inter- it's it's interesting because of the fact that that's something that that you learned that's something yeah. that you I guess you probably weren't expecting it cuz we've talked about it a little bit mm-hmm. uh off and on here and there mm-hmm. since that hunt mm-hmm. and and it's probably something that you didn't really expect No no it's something that I've mulled over it's something that actually took me a little bit of time to um even come to realize personally myself I had to chew on that um I really did. I had to chew on that for a, a couple of weeks and and kind of dissect how the hunt went and how everything went after that to really um, come to the conclusion that that was what was kind of bothering me about that. Now, you know, it's cool to enjoy stuff. It's to, It's cool to experience stuff with other people, you know. And I think that Dedon, um, and I'd love to, I wish he's here to ask him about this, but I'm sure that he got great enjoyment out of watching me take that animal at a long distance. Yeah. Knowing that that's his thing and knowing that um, he's kind of the one that taught me how to shoot long distance. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that he probably got more enjoyment out of it than I did. Um, and that's cool. Yeah. That's real cool. Yeah. Because I've had that experience of, um, you know, because, yeah, I I pressured you to get into archery. Yeah. So when you got your archery elk, I was just stoked. Yeah. You know, and I know you were excited too, but it's cool to see somebody succeed at something that you've tried to get them. Well, yeah. And like like you said, uh, I, I, I think you're probably exactly right. I, th- I think Dedon was probably really excited about that deer because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what he likes. That's the, the you know, the mm-hmm. hunt that he likes. You were using his rifle. Mm-hmm. He taught you to shoot it. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. 
because we we felt that on the other end the first time that you know the first time that we all three went hunting together Dion wanted to bring an RV and we said no we're no, not no, RV no. people <laughs> right and so and now we've got him to where you know because we like canvas cast iron and wool mm-hmm. and we've got him headed down that road and so we're excited that he's talking about that stuff yeah yeah so it's the same excited. type of deal super excited because and you're exactly right you know the first um now the very first hunt that we did together uh we stayed at some of my families and if you're not going to camp those are the people to stay with i mean just so much fun we might just have to put in for that hunt next year just to go staying with them i want to do that hunt archery i know so bad um but so much fun staying with them so that was our first hunt but that that's when you and Deedon hadn't really hung out yeah and that that was the experiment i I can't tell you how nervous i was because i got my two best friends who've never really met i mean you've met but never we met we had met one time before that you talked about him yeah and then by by happenstance we met at uh twin peaks and albuquerque Albuquerque, we were eating dinner we we were eating there me and you were i happened to be there called you and you were like i'm in albuquerque and i was like oh shoot i'm in albuquerque let's go eat so we went ate and in walks Deedon. yeah so we should have known right then and there. But so I get y'all together. We all start putting in for a hunt, and and then we go on the hunt, and it's a yo mama fest. It was it was as much fun as we so thought it was gonna be. <laughs> much fun. We talked so much crap. Speaking um, of yo mama, you got a new one. Don't I you? do. I do got a, a new one. So um, my kids, um, I had some nieces and nephews come over and stay the night with my kids, and. They were kind of having a yo mama battle back and forth. Yo mama so fat, yo mama so ugly, just back and forth. And I, it just hit me. And I walked in and I said, well, yo mama so fat and ugly. So fat. And, she, she, oh, yo mama so dumb, dumb and, ugly. and so ugly, she forgot to dress up for Halloween and still won the Halloween costume contest. <laughs> <laughs> And my little girl has been telling everybody. everybody. That was the first joke she told yeah. me when she came. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. No, you funny. got your little girl and your little boy running around telling your mom and jokes to everybody they meet. But it's, it's pretty funny. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so, what the heck were we talking about? We were talking about uh, back to, you know, uh, us three hunting oh, yeah. together. Yeah, so I get these guys together, right? And, yeah, it, fantastic. But then... Like I said, that was our first hunt. We stayed with my with my family there in Artesia. And I guess I meant our first elk hunt. And then and then our next hunt yeah. was our elk hunt, and we did camp like we do camp. Mm-hmm. And like you said, D Don was like, "Let's bring a camper. Let's bring a camper." And we were like, "Blah!" No. <laughs> and he shows up, and he rolls out, and we've got our camp set up, and we we. We you set know, up a main camp. we we do. We set up a big camp. It's it's a it's a it's a heck of a camp. You know, we've got changing tents and sleeping tents and cooking tents and dining tents. <laughs> sounds like a lot. It is. It's not. It's not as bad as it. Sounds. No, it's not. But I mean, it's it's work. But you know, we were going to be there for ten days. Ten days, and so why not freaking make yourself comfortable, right? You know, there's nothing worse than coming back to camp. And being cold and being hungry and, you know, mm-hmm. crawling into a nylon crappy tent. Yeah. yeah. And not having a place to dry your clothes. But, you know, we, we take we take a little bit of pride in the fact that we set up a good camp. 
takes a little bit to set up, but once it's set up, man, we can stay for a long time. Yeah, we can. And comfortably. Yeah, comfortably. And so that's what we did. And then, and then, like you said, you know, he he was kind of like, wow, this is this is the bomb. And, and he then was expecting the other kind of camp. Correct. The he crappy was. nylon and. And then we had our two B hunt <clears throat> in January, mm -hmm. and we took the big big tent. The, now the big big tent, the the, the big fat, the big fat tent, is uh, a GP a GP medium army wall tent, and we didn't even have any other tent. Well, no, we we had the we had the changing the tent. changing tent. Yep, um, where we kept all our hunting clothes so they didn't get all smoky, for, you know, because we have a camp stove and we had all our cots and we had the kitchen, and the mm. shower, mm -hmm. the whole nine yards. The shower is cool, um, all in the big tent. And and D Don, like you said, has grown real accustomed to the comforts that you can have in a tent camp. Um, even though it costs a little bit of work. Now, there's the part that D Don doesn't know anything about yet. Is the work part? Because yeah, he he's never there to set, to set camp up, and he's oh, never there to take it down. So next but he year, washes our dishes. He does oh, that. See, <laughs> well, that's, and that's, that's our dynamic. See, that's our dynamic. That's how this works because um, we each do the things that we don't mind doing, and it covers everything. Yep. You know, like, um, and we discussed this when you were gone, and we were on our on the elk hunt, right? Um, I do the cooking. You tend the fire. Dion does his dishes. Yep. Um, and then you're the alarm clock. Yep. And it just works. Dion doesn't want to cook. Yep. I don't want to do dishes. Perfect. You love messing with the fire. It just works. Yep. You know, and so good dynamics. But good you know, we've had to learn, you know, how to do that. Um, back to the deer hunt, and there's another deer, le uh, another lesson learned. I am never going to drag a deer. More than two or three hundred yards again. I was surprised when I heard oh. you guys were dragging. I thought you guys had just quartered up, hike it out. You know, I, I, we, I, I discussed that. I bought that frame pack. I know you did. for that, and not even. I wasn't even going to quarter it up. I was going to completely debone it. Yeah. Drop it in my pack and go. I know. And it would have been so easy for us to, um, you know, for me to load deed on up and tell him, head for head for the truck. Mm -hmm. Dump everything at the truck, come back in mm -hmm. with just the packs yep. and water, and we'll I'll have them cut up by the time you get back, and we'll walk out. Yeah. Why didn't you? I don't know. <laughs> Dedon says, Dedon said, no, I got a deer drag. It's super simple. And I was like, um, all right, you know, trust your friends, right? Yeah. Except we should should have known better. Lord have mercy. Well, yeah, he's used to dra dragging them from the tree stand to the four wheeler. Exactly. I'm talking crap about you, Dedon. No, that was and he and he and he said too. You know, he'll never drag a deer that far again. Well, um, and and you got to give him credit for because he stuck. You know, he stuck right there with you and, and oh, yeah. helped you no, drag it. No, on no, Dedon wouldn't. Dedon's a he's a horse just like the rest of us, man. When when we. We got it done. Yeah. It wasn't easy. We got it done. He was. He was there with me every step of the way. I don't, I'm not sure that he was dragging his whole half, but <laughs> but he was there. <laughs> At least he was rattlesnake fodder. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> he almost stepped right on that thing. And I didn't even know it, dude. But the um, like two days later, I was going to get in the shower, and my, my wife come in, and she saw 
my back. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, my God, what happened to you? My whole, the whole half of my dang back down my backside here mm-hmm. was just black and blue. From when you fell over? From when I fell over. Because... <laughs> Dedon ejected, squealed like a pig. I mean, I thought Squeal I was hunting. like a little girl. I, I thought I was hunting with, you know, Leanna or something. <laughs> as my daughter. And uh, just squealed. And then I heard the rattling. And I knew it. I, and I went right there at her feet. Yeah. So I took a step back. Of course, he had dropped the deer. And the legs were on my side. So when I took a step back, I just went tumbling. Yeah. And had all that stuff in my pack. Because he was carrying that monster 16-pound rifle that he has. Yeah. Which I'll never carry that thing that far again either. <laughs> but So lessons learned. You yeah. know, I'll, I'll never do that again. Well, and I guess, uh, you know, rolling on with that, with that theme uh, and coming back to talking about our first elk hunt together, you, me, mm-hmm. and Didon, um, my first archery kill was... Uh, on on my elk um is one of those things where you know you go along you think everything's good well we called that that bull in and it was perfect uh you know i drew drew on him put it right behind his shoulder and let fly and of course in the in the spur of the moment you know you never really know exactly where you hit him but i thought i hit him pretty good and he bled really good uh, and, and, you know, you guys went on after another elk uh-huh. at that point in time, cause there was another one bugling on, on up and Didon passed that bull. He had bedded down probably about 60, well, no, 70 we, yards. We both walked past him and he wasn't bedded. He was, he was laid over on his side. Yeah. And, uh, and you guys went on past him and went towards that other, that other bull. Uh-huh. And I just waited and, and you guys came back. I, you know, I got my arrow and uh no i didn't get my arrow i didn't get my arrow because it was stuck in him but um the one that you missed you got the, you i got, got the one that i missed where you missed him. right um and so when you guys got back we went ahead and walked over to where didon had seen him or you guys had seen him mm-hmm. he was gone. and he was gone he was gone he just freaking ghosted i was like what the crap and there was a ton of blood there and it was good red blood and i thought Oh man, he's not going far. Mm-mm. He's not going far. Well, we tracked that sucker for probably two miles, and uh, you know, long story short, you know, tracking just tracks. Little, it got to where it was a little spot of blood every two, three hundred yards. Uh, I mean, for, yeah, yeah, without patting myself on the back, me and Didon friggin' tracked the hell out of that elk. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I left, when I left, because we all three were tracking him, and we were doing the whole leapfrog thing, and um, when I left, we were down to a spot of blood every, you know, 30, 40, 50 yards, something like that. And I went back to, because the same thing, we knew we were going to get that bull. We just knew we were going to get him. And I went back to see if we could, um, if I could go around and come in through some private properties owner. So we could retrieve it. To retrieve it. Yeah. And so we, we tracked him and I find, and, uh, you know, Didon finally left and went back to, you know, to meet up with you and, and see if we could yep. bring in that little side by side we had. Um, but I finally found him and he, I had stuck him in his, 
uh, right rear haunch and I had cut an artery but he had he had spent enough time that that artery had kind of clotted up uh-huh. and so when he stood up I drew on him again stuck it right behind his shoulder and I put that freaking arrow in the exact same spot I know exact same spot my bow was dead on where it was hitting uh-huh. it just wasn't on and so that you know I got back to camp after we you know packed him out and everything like that we got back to camp and I went ahead and shot my bow well hell I was two feet three feet three feet to the left mm-hmm. I mean dead on horizontal but three feet to the left and that's you know I thought man I couldn't have pulled it that bad and that's that's what happened I we should have you know I should have checked my bow every couple of days yeah yeah so that's a, that, that was, was a lesson learned we need to you know no matter how tired you are when you get back to camp it Shoot never hurts to Sling a couple arrows, make sure yeah. everything's on. Because if you bump a sight, you do something. Because we did shoot the first day. We did shoot the we, first day. We, first day, first day of the hunt. Me and you went out that morning, saw a little bull. We come back that afternoon. And the only thing and we I shot. the only thing I can think that happened is when we took that ride up the mountain, up the Capitans. Uh-huh. That was a bumpy, bumpy road. It you know the sight must have got bumped. Yeah, must have. Must so have. Check your equipment. Make sure Always. it's on. Um, now, and having, th- having, having, having went through that, you know, this year when I dropped my, my rifle on our elk hunt that opening morning, mm-hmm. um, when my sling, my, my sling Your broke, sling broke and, and my rifle tumbled and the, and the, and the tip of the barrel hit the tailgate and that was an instant call, put it in the truck. Yep. Um, and we had to, we had to get the spare rifle out, um, and go with that. Yeah, nice. We had a spare rifle. Yeah, yeah, and a spare rifle that you had shot before. Correct. So that was good too. Um, along those same lines, we can talk about uh, the the muzzleloader deer hunt. Where? Yeah, and, and we've talked about this hunt before, but not necessarily um, the the lesson learned from that. You know, yeah, I put that. Um, we had a buddy call it, call in and tell us that he knew where a nice buck was, and we went around there and we found him, and I got a shot at him, and um, had hit him and knocked him down. Um, he got up and ran off though before I could, you know, traditional. Mm-hmm. So it takes you a while to get reloaded. He he ran off before I could get another one in him. We had to put him to bed, and then come back in the morning, and I had reloaded my weapon and then went to um went to the house mm-hmm. and we brought the muzzle loaders in left them overnight didn't them overnight them. didn't over, didn't unload them went back out the next morning found the deer right off bedded right where we had left him made a hell of a stock hell of a stock i mean i stalked within 15 yards of this dude and the gun wouldn't go off because we'd left them loaded. And, um, it, you know, the fog had come in yep, and yep. just got a little bit damp. Got a little moisture on that powder. And I lost that deer because of that. Yeah. Um, and that is sad because that was, that was, a, I, I, I put a bullet in that deer. Um, and he may not have lived, but what was sad to me is I'd put a bullet in that deer and it was um, poor choices by me that ended up 
not being able to um, go, ahead and, go ahead and harvest that animal. Um, and and so that's a perfect lesson learned, you know. Well, I un- think unload back... Those muzzle, unload those muzzleloaders. And we should have learned, and we should have learned that. And again, you know, guys, we, um, guys and gals, we're not perfect. No. And so that's why we're doing this podcast. Hopefully you guys can learn from us because we've made, you know, mistakes here and there. Uh, and, and hopefully you're learning from your mistakes and moving forward. And, and it, you know, it, it, we're not perfect. So not, not, we don't learn the first time. Sometimes I remember our first deer hunt. I had my, my, uh, flintlock. Uh-huh. <coughs> yeah. And we did the same thing where it, it rattled around in the truck, uh, for a couple of days before I ever even got a chance to shoot it. And so mm-hmm. the first deer I got a shot at, um, you know, we had hiked in for, for, I don't know, probably 700 yards. Uh-huh. And we'd, you guys led, led me into that, into that deer. And he jumped up and he ran out there, I don't know, probably 40 yards from me and, and stopped at broadside. And I pulled, but you know, pulled my flintlock up and went, I pulled that, pulled the trigger and it went, Poof. and same thing. As soon as it went, he took off, and then it, it, it did it did that hang fire, just boom. Yeah. And so you know that that muzzleloader had rattled around the pickup for for a couple of days, and I should have unloaded it and mm-hmm. reloaded it, and because generally that muzzleloader is real good, and it's and it's an almost immediate, almost immediate shot after the, the you know the flash pan goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, same type of deal, you know. Uh, but you know, I've been a couple two yeah. two years. Between those two hunts, yeah, and you just forget about stuff. You get in tornado mode. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And so, uh, always be be learning. Always be uh, be trying to do something different, do something better. Yeah, and you got a hundred things that can go wrong in a hunt mm-hmm. anyway, without you adding to it by by not being. Um, uh, not not taking care of your equipment and and making sure that it's functioning properly every day every day and and I'll never go muzzleloader hunting again without uh, clearing my bore every single day mm-hmm. and then and then to add on top of that when you do clear your bore at night before you load in the morning fire a couple of caps through it mm-hmm. clear that out run you a patch down it. And then fire a couple of caps through it, knocking that, knocking that moisture out mm-hmm. before you reload it, or you'll do the same thing because I've I've done that before as well. Um, uh, you know, and I think what what why I forgot a long time ago we hunted muzzleloader and it was the you know the number eleven caps and and it wasn't traditional but but um, it was before the end lines and the two hundred nine percussion caps and all that stuff. And and then I got that inline with the two and nine percussion caps, and you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, because that's it's all covered. Yeah, it's all covered. Yeah, and, and got a and bolt that, over that, the top of and it. And that two oh nine um, percussion cap uh, has got a lot more firepower to it, so um, it's much better. Um, but then we went back to traditional, and I'd forgotten a couple of those lessons. And I don't know if I'd forgotten them or if I just. You know, wasn't paying attention as yeah, much. Just as overlook it. Yeah, just overlook it. Just overlook and uh, so, you know, those things are important. You know, like you said, shooting your shooting your bow. Yeah, you you come in, 
you've been walking all day, which is what we do, you're tired, one arrow is all it takes, man. Yeah. Make sure it's still you know, on. To just, just to know that you're still good. You don't even have to shoot that far. You can shoot a 30-40-yard shot um, at a target just to make sure you're not slinging them out there in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Inspect your equipment. You know, make sure... Uh, make sure your your arrows don't have cracks in them. Make sure your fletchings mm -hmm. are not coming loose. You know all that stuff. Wax make your sure string you wax your every string. night. Yeah. All those things. And of course, that's something that we weren't used to either. So we're not used to. You know, we weren't used to riding around in the buggy. Yeah. You know we we don't typically do that. We walk out of camp. We walk. Um, uh, because the areas were so um. You know, you got a little area over here, little area over here, little area over here. That's kind of how we were hunting, is going back and forth between all these little areas. For that, for that elk hunt, we were running around in that buggy, and um, and it, it got us. Mm -hmm. You know, and luck, luckily we were able to harvest that animal. Mm -hmm. So, so that's definitely good. But, yep. and so uh, that brings us to one of my favorite stories of you hunting. Uh, Make sure that your animal is dead before you reach oh, up Lord. and grab a hold of it. <laughs> yeah, my uncle, my uncle has now began <laughs> flat out denying this ever happened. Oh, yeah. um, you know, now he does it with a smile on his face. But yeah, <laughs> um, that's a sad one because in my family, they're not the. And I'm not knocking my family, don't get me wrong, but they're not the, uh, or they didn't used to be anyway, um, let the kids shoot first kind of family. No, it's it's, no, it's it, every man for yeah, himself. You, you, if you want to get the animal, you better get out and get a shot off. Yeah. You know? And so uh, we were actually just heading back to camp. I had come walking out of a canyon, hit the road and turned for camp, and my uncle come riding by and said, hey, jump in and I'll take you back. And All right, let's go. And it was getting on towards the end of the hunt. We had a couple, two, three days left. And um, this little nine point, and he was a pretty little nine point, jumps out in front of us. And um, I didn't wait. There was no wait. And the man I jumped out, drew down, shot. I think jumped up in the air. Good hit. Landed, started wobbling back and forth. Jumped up the hill a little bit behind another bush, and I told my uncle, shoot him. And he said, no, nah, he's going down, and I ain't kidding. That deer was just wobbling back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then the deer runs up the hill about 30, 40 yards and just crumbles in a little ball. And I was like, well, all right. We drive up there, sit sit in the four-wheeler for a little bit, watching him up the hill, hasn't moved. Get out. By this time, I reloaded. Walk up to the animal. And there he lay, dead as a doornail. And I took the percussion cap <laughs> out, out what of What always goes through my mind is, is this deer laying on his side with his top eye closed, his bottom eye kind of looking going. Well, that's what, oh, Dana, that's oh, what oh, Dana did. That's what Dana did with her little inner deer monologue. She was <laughs> the next day when we went and looked for it. Because long story short... Um, after after me picking up his head and looking at him, my uncle picking up his head and looking at him, and then my uncle picking up his head again to go ahead and cut his throat, the deer jumped up, kicked my uncle's ass, and <laughs> ran off the hill. Yeah. And um, and I had 
leaned my muzzleloader up against the tree and took out the percussion cap, which is the right thing to do. Yep. It just didn't work out that time. No. <laughs> because that deer kicked my uncle's ass and ran off the hill. And the next day, Dana's up there doing the deer monologue. And we've talked about this before, but she did the whole, look at these idiots coming up here. They think I'm dead. <laughs> I'm gonna lay here and, and see the what Grammy doing. goes to the right. nine point buck. <laughs> right? But okay, so yeah, that's a good lesson learned. But what do you do there? So I'll tell you what you do. Here's a lesson learned because the very next year, yep. opening morning, mm -hmm. I go back to the trick tank and I'm coming down, um, I'm coming down a little game trail, and these four bucks come barreling off the trick tank right mm -hmm. and and i didn't look to see which one was bigger i brought my my muzzleloader up put it on the first buck i saw shot and dropped that thing in its tracks at a run mm -hmm. which you probably shouldn't shoot a deer at a dead run he's about 110 120 yards he hit the ground and i sprinted from where I shot from to that animal and slit his throat from ear to ear, dang near cut his head off. I said, this one ain't getting away. I didn't look to see if he was alive kicking. I didn't poke him with my gun. I grabbed his head and so went, now, So now what's going through my mind is Rodney running, jumping on. <laughs> oh, dude. I ain't kidding, man. I cut him you, from... You look like the ah, Patriot with your freaking tomahawk. Right? Blood everywhere. Right? Yeah. I, I, I wasn't having that happen again. That dang deer... That dang deer got away from me and run off. And and then... Um, so the next year, yeah, that was that was it, man. I, I, I dang near cut his head off, dude. I just... I grabbed his... I grabbed his horns. I ripped my knife out and just all the way across that throat, man. Right down to the bone. Oh, man. Yeah, that's one of my favorite and, stories. And my uncle... My uncle laughed. He thought he thought that was a damn funniest thing because that I'd slit that deer's throat so so deep after that one getting away the year before. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Now I'm not sure what had happened because when I first walked up to that deer <coughs> that was that was down that that jumped up and ran off on us, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what had hap would have happened if I'd have grabbed a hold of his throat and tried to stick a knife in there. I'm not. You know, the first time I walked up there, I'm not sure what would have happened. He might have jumped up then and yeah, well, and, cut my damn finger and, off. And one of the reasons I, I I brought up that story is, well, first of all, it's one of my mm -hmm. favorite stories. But secondly, because I just saw on on Facebook another another story about a guy who got his his ass kicked by a deer because he didn't check whether or not he was dead before he right? went ahead and did the gripping grin. Right, right. <laughs> and so it reminded me of that. And, uh, and you hear those stories. I don't know how how many times I've heard, oh, we shot this buck and it wasn't exactly legal and we grabbed it and just threw it in the truck and took off and next thing you know, the deer stood up and jumped out of the truck. You know, or, or, or how many times have you heard that story? Oh, a few. You know, and I'm always just like, Right. Until it happened to you. Until it happened to you. <laughs> and and now you tell that story and that's how people look at you. They're like, right. And I'm like, no, but seriously. I'm serious, guys. It happened. I was there. I have a witness. And that's why my uncle is like, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tinker's old fart. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of just.
describes about your whole family. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm talking about lessons learned. That's uh, that's where I've learned a bunch of them. Yep. From yep. all them. So, man, that's uh, that's all good stuff, you guys. Uh, hopefully, you know, you've enjoyed some of these stories. Um, and hopefully you learn a little bit from them. Uh, but as long as you guys are, are, are doing the same thing, you know, learning a little bit each time, doing things a little bit different, mm-hmm. a little bit better, a little bit more efficient. Never let tradition stand in the way of change. Um, there's nothing wrong with tradition, but um, if there's if there's a way to do something a little bit better, mm-hmm. a little safer. Um, don't 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 be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to take a little something from every hunt. Yeah. That that you know you can improve on and make note of it. And we do this a lot. Yeah. You know we'll like we have our big fat camp out every year, and then afterwards we kind of get together and we talk about. Hey, we'll do this next year. Then next year, let's do this. Yeah. Next year, let's do that. And we don't always write it down, so we don't always remember. And there's a lesson learned right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, every hunt should teach you something. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, you ain't doing it right. No. Uh, the like like has been said over and over again. I think it was Albert Einstein. Uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different, different results. results. Um, so, and like, you know, like you said, there's two sides of that coin. Uh, don't let tradition stand in the way of making beneficial changes. Uh Uh, on the other hand, you know, change for the sake of change and in spite of tradition is not necessarily a good thing either. But, but I think, I think, you know, back to your point, uh, you know, I, I would, I would add that little caveat you know don't don't get stuck in tradition just because it's tradition if there's mm-hmm. something that can be a beneficial change uh, do it yeah yeah if you you know if you traditionally um hunt with your granddad's 30 30 there's no reason to change that no if that's what you want to hunt with yeah but but you know um but if you want if if you want to harvest something with your granddad's 30-30, you may have to change, uh, you know, the way that you hunt. If you've always hunted with an optic, you're mm-hmm. going to have to figure out how to get in a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what, what we're talking about. That's an actual problem that hits home. I have my granddad's 30-30 that I do want to harvest an animal with. Would have liked to have taken it. I think now I wish I'd have had it on that elk hunt. Yeah. Because I don't think that, that that bull elk that walked up on us would have got away had I had my granddad's 30-30. Possibly. Um, of course, I didn't even bring it. And then um, the spare, if I would have brought that as my spare, yeah. I'd have been set. Yeah. But I brought, I, I didn't bring one. Dedon brought that 6-5. Yeah. Um, but I've got to find a way to harvest an animal with that, that thirty thirty. I want. I only want to harvest one. Yeah. And then I want to hang it on the wall. Yep. In in 
preparation for Jackson. So, and then hopefully he'll do the same. Harvest one, hanging on the wall. Because yeah. that, that thing doesn't have a lot of life left in it. <laughs> That's a... Uh, that is a used weapon in every sense of the word. Man, you know, lessons learned. Of what, you know, if a, if a firearm could talk. Right? Wonder. Right, because that one has been around a long time. I, my my great-great-granddad bought that in 1911, I think. 1907, 1911. One of those years. And then it ended up with my granddad, who gave it to me. And uh, I sure would like to take an animal with it one of these days. Yeah. I'll find a way. Yeah. I get plenty of time. Plenty Jackson's of time. got plenty of time before he even starts hunting. So yeah. So I've got time. I think that's the it. hard part is we, you know, we talked about that we don't hunt rifle very often. Not very often, you know that may be one of those where we didn't draw didn't draw a deer tag this year. We'll, we'll see if we can get a private land. Yeah, something like that. You know, or go shoot a whitetail in, you know, yeah. another state. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go hunt coos deer with go, it. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Arizona, I want to do that. I want to go hunt coos deer in Arizona. I want to go hunt uh, coos deer in Arizona. I want to go hunt mule deer in Idaho. Yep. And I want to kill a moose somewhere. Yeah. 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 I don't know where though. Uh, anywhere they'll let me kill. <laughs> right. Anywhere they'll let <laughs> anywhere, me hunt one. Anywhere that I can afford to go. Go hunt one, right? I think so. Well, you know, every every hunting trip is going to have one of those little lesson learned. Hopefully, um, we've enjoyed sharing ours with you. Uh, we didn't even touch on probably half of them, but uh, touched on probably the most entertaining ones. Yep, at least. Uh, so, comment on our Facebook page. You know. Leave us a comment on our on our Instagram. Let us know some of the lessons that you guys have learned because mm-hmm. it's not a one-way deal. You know, uh, we can learn from you. You can learn from us. Uh, we we want this community of hunters to to grow closer together. Uh, we're gonna have to have to do that. We've got to we've got to stick together to make it through some of the political climate that is coming our way. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Um, stay tuned for Hunt It Forward. Um, we've got a couple of hunts coming up uh, for the Hunt It Forward thing. And um, go visit our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our website, our YouTube channel. We promise eventually we're going to get some uh, content up on our YouTube channel. We have... A couple things. Yeah, uh, more content. So, uh, I do apologize for that, uh, but comes back to our first lesson learned: don't, don't have, don't have a baby when you're supposed to be hunting. <laughs> oh, shoot. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we'll get that. We'll get that stuff up. That's funny because when when I was getting married, the wife was like, "Well, let's get married in September." No. No. How about October? No. no. Um, January? No. No. Well, when can we get married? June, July. <laughs> what about August? No. No. May? 
No. April? When in April? Maybe. She said, how about April 11th? Four days before turkey season? Yeah, that'll yeah, work. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it, Kyle. That's how you do it. <laughs> We're done, so we don't have to worry about that. And uh, the birthday is not near as you know pressing yeah, as we'll the see. birth. We'll see. Well, <clears throat> you know us. We don't do birthdays. No, we don't. I don't. The birthdays are just not. It's another day. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, you know, you love know. my kids and grateful for every day that they're on the earth. I don't make a big deal about birthdays. So. And it, yeah, it's all right. When was it? What's the birthday? No, don't don't say. But it's it's first part of it's, October. It's yeah. I mean, generally we're, we're going to be bow generally hunting we're going to be bow hunting. Um, there's some muzzler hunts that you could know. Fall I did tell her range. that we could move it. Actually, I didn't tell her. I told the. You can tell the kid whatever you want. I know that's what I, I mean, told. You can tell the kid your birthday's in July. 17th. Exactly, that's what I said. Like the kid's so, gonna know. I told I told Matt that. You, you remember Matt? Yeah, yeah. I told Matt that. I said, Yeah, we'll just say the we'll just tell the kid the birthday's in July. You can't do that. Like the hell I can. How are they gonna know? They're not even they're, gonna see their birth certificate know. until they start applying for jobs, and then they're gonna be like, What? We'll just celebrate <laughs> it in July. They do it all the time. Right? Yeah, that's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> I got, I got one son whose birthday's on December 24th. That's the kid I should have told. Yeah, your birthday's in July 17th. There you go. <laughs> That's when you were born. <laughs> Come 18. My yeah. life is a lie. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> it's all been a sham. You've been 18 for six months. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, that's not a bad idea. Get dude. out. <laughs> so you told, if you told your kid her birthday was in, you know, June... Mm-hmm. June 2nd. We got a lot of birthdays on June 2nd. That's the wives and your father-in-laws? No, my bro- my my brother, my younger brother. And your younger brother on yeah. June 2nd, too? Yeah. Well, your father-in-law and That's my right. wife. That's right. All June 2nd. Yeah. So, yeah, just June 2nd. Get it with everybody else, and then, you know, um, they won't be storming out at 18. They'll be storming out at 18 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, they'll be storming out. Actually, they'll be storming out at 17 and a half if they're born in December. No, just no. You give them their first oh, birthday at a year and a half. Gotcha. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Then I'm following. Yeah, then you're yeah. They're eighteen and a half, and you're like, you could have been gone. Well, go for the seventeen and a half, and be like, get out. Seventeen and a <laughs> half. You don't have to wait till eighteen. There you go. <laughs> just depends on how you want to look at it. <laughs> we better go, <laughs> or we're gonna thanks, get in trouble. Thanks for joining us, guys. Adios. Adios.